This last year has kind of been a challenging year for many of us. Uh, we faced some obstacles that have come into our path. Some of them we did not expect. Uh, we faced some obstacles that we knew were possible. We knew they were probable. We knew they were most likely to happen, and they did happen. 2022 is, is going to contain more of the same. I hate to bust your bubble, but that's the way life is, isn't it? We face obstacles, we face difficulties, and, and uh, they keep coming. It doesn't matter who we are, it doesn't matter what our last name is, they just seem to keep coming. Uh, some of the obstacles we have faced this last year have been directed at our stance as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've had a number of conversations even just in this last month where people in their faith, people in their walk with Christ has been the thing that's been challenged. And as I was thinking about that and I was thinking about a theme for ministry this year, I'm excited that we are going through First and Second Thessalonians because they talk a lot about the end times and how we will face difficulties. And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about this upcoming year and I was thinking about some of the obstacles that people have already begun to face and have been facing directed at our stance as, as followers of Christ. And as I read this last couple of weeks, I thought about this verse that Paul directed towards the church of Corinth. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 is where we want to be today. And if you have your Bible handy, I invite you to open up to this verse. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. I'll read it again for you. It says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. As we think about be steadfast and immovable, there are two headings that we want to take and two headings that we want to look at that are going to help us move through this passage. And as we look at this passage, those two headings are, are what we should be, and the second one is what we should do. And as we think about 2022 and the way that 2022 is going to unfold for us, I think these are, these are two things that we should be mindful of, two things that we should desire, two things that we should hold close to the vest as we look at this upcoming year. Before we dive into this passage this morning, let's just take a moment and pray. Father, I thank you for this day that you've given to us, and I thank you for this opportunity that we have, Lord, just to be here this morning, to be able to look into your word and to be able to drink in your word. And Lord, I pray that as we look at this verse this morning, that we would drink in what you have for us. Lord, you know exactly where we are this morning. You know exactly what's on our minds and what's on our hearts. And Lord, I pray that as we move through this passage that we would hear from you today. So just take our hearts and our minds and, and let us hear you today. And I pray, Lord, that you would take my mind and my heart and my tongue. Lord, in order for us to hear from you, you've got to speak through me. And so I pray, Lord, you do that. I pray the Holy Spirit would touch our hearts this morning, that things I share that are of you would be remembered, but the things I share that are not of you would be quickly forgotten. Father, we pray all of these things in your Son's perfect and holy and precious name. Amen. 
Now, the first thing we want to see here in this passage is this thought, what we should be. Look at the, verse 58 with me. And verse 58 begins with the word, therefore. Therefore. Now, as you go through 1 Corinthians, and maybe you remember from our study, that this word, therefore, is a, is a word that's repeated often in 1 Corinthians. As Paul goes through 1 Corinthians, and as he's speaking, as he's teaching the people of Corinth, he makes his point, and then he builds upon that point to make another point. So after Paul makes his point, he will say, therefore, or because of that point, take this under consideration. So as we look at 1 Corinthians 15, we know this as the resurrection chapter. This is the chapter known as the resurrection chapter. And Paul uh, goes through extensive detail to prove the resurrection as truth. The resurrection is what the gospel of Jesus Christ is rooted in. It's the resurrection that, that gives us all that we have as followers of Christ. It's the resurrection that makes us as followers of Christ different than any other religion because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. The resurrection is what the gospel itself stands upon. Without the resurrection, there is no gospel. This is 1 Corinthians 15, verse 17. It says, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. So Paul is saying without the resurrection, we have nothing. Our faith is futile. If without the resurrection, our sins have never been taken care of and we are dead in our trespasses and sins. And Paul shares that the fact is the resurrection of Jesus Christ did occur. And he explained that there was an order and a structure to the resurrection. Christ was the first to rise from the dead. He was the first fruits of those who are asleep. And because of that, we have life. Because of that, we have a hope. This is 1 Corinthians 15, 20 that Paul says, In fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who've fallen asleep. It's because of Christ's resurrection, that first fruit, as a promise of the future harvest that's going to come. And that's what Paul's point is in the resurrection and what he's been sharing here in 1 Corinthians 15. So what Paul has done here in 1 Corinthians 15 is he's given us and given the people of Corinth a ginormous scoop of solid biblical doctrine. That's what he's done. Uh, don't you love it when you go to Baskin-Robbins 31 Flavors and, and they bring out and you say, I want a scoop of ice cream. And their scoop is bigger than what your scoop is. I love that. That's what I love about ice cream is when they, somebody else scoops it for me. I say, I take two scoops and it comes out in a bowl like this. And they just scoop it up. This is what Paul has done right here with the doctrine of the resurrection. Starting in verse 1, he's unfolded the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's unfolded the resurrection for us. And he's laid it out here. It's a, it's a solid scoop of straight sound doctrine, straight sound teaching on the resurrection. Now notice what he says here. Therefore, my beloved brothers, just like we've seen in 1 Thessalonians, Paul is using this term of endearment, this word of affection as he speaks to them. This speaks of the close relationship that he had with the people of Corinth, 
not because of who he was, not because of the, who they were, but because of Jesus Christ. That's what he is teaching here. That's what he's laying out here. And he's writing this to them as fellow believers. And as followers of Christ, this passage is applicable for us. Because we too are brothers with the Apostle Paul. Not because of how great we are, not because we live in Medina, but because of Jesus Christ. That is the reason. So it's applicable for us as beloved brothers. We should be mindful of the resurrection truth. And that's what Paul has laid out for us. Now notice what he says. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be. Uh, this word that's used here for be, this word carries the idea of becoming. This carries the idea of growing. This carries the idea of becoming something that we're not yet. So there's, there's something that he's saying here. He's saying, this is where you guys are, but you need to be growing. You need to be moving beyond where you are right now. As we think about this idea, or as we think about this thought, he's saying, you have not yet arrived yet. You're on the right path, but you haven't arrived yet. So you need to be moving forward. You need to move beyond this and grow in this. Now notice what he says. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast. Be steadfast. Therefore, taking us back, saying, hey, because of the resurrection, because of this scoop of truth that I've given to you, Brothers, fellow believers, this message is for you. You need to be moving towards being steadfast. That's what you need to move forward to. Because of the resurrection, because of what we have in Christ, because of the certainty of the empty tomb, we need to be steadfast. We need to be steadfast. This word that's translated for steadfast, means to be firmly seated. It, the false teaching that was going on uh, regarding the resurrection, the false teachings that were going on in regards to the church were causing some of the young believers to be unsettled. It was causing some of the young believers to doubt where they were. Paul has just laid out for us the resurrection. And he says, this is solid ground that you can settle in on. This is solid ground that you can hang on to. And this idea, this thought of settling in, to be settled, means to have our own, our own conviction. Not the conviction of my parents. Not the conviction of the Apostle Paul. But my own conviction. And Paul is just in his uh, dissertation here, has just laid out for us enough evidence where we can say, the tomb is empty because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he's laid it out and, and done so well with the depth of it that I can rest assured that the resurrection is a fact. And because of the certainty of that, that I can settle in here and I can have my own convictions about the truth of the resurrection. For the immature and for the adolescents, uh, they were easily, and they were being easily uh, unsettled. But Paul's dissertation here to the church of Corinth should help them to stabilize their position. 
And this should be the same for us. You know, there are some things that happen in life where, where we just aren't so uncertain about. You know, you drive by the gas station and, and the price says it's $2.99 a gallon, but you just can't be sure that it's going to be there tomorrow, can you? So even if you have just a half a tank, you say, do I want to pay $2.99 or do I want to pay $3.09? I better circle back around. So we do, and we gas up because, you know, we're excited about $2.99. There was a time when we were disappointed at two bucks, but now we're excited at $2.99. So we, we do that because we don't know. We're not sure. But because of what Paul has laid out for us, he says, you can be certain. You can settle in on this truth, this doctrinal truth of the resurrection. Paul shared this with the church of Ephesus in Ephesians 4, verse 14. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. This is the day and age they were living in. When these deceitful schemes were coming, when they were being tossed to and fro because they didn't have any solid teaching. And so Paul writes this letter to them and says, hey, here's some solid teaching. And as we go through the book of Corinthians, we see that solid teaching time and time again. And you know, this is, this is there for us as well, the solid teaching, so that we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Paul tells them to be firmly settled to be growing towards being firmly settled, not to be tossed and fro, tossed to and fro, not to be deceived by all of the deceitful schemes that are going on, but instead be steadfast, deeply settled. And you know what? This should be our desire. This should be our desire. Psalm 108 verse one says this, my heart is steadfast, O God, and I will sing and make melody with all my being. How many times have we had that assurance of something? And it's just peace of mind. It's just peace of mind when we have that assurance. It is, it is such a great thing. It is such a great thing. And this is where we should be. Now notice the next word here. He says immovable. Be immovable. This is the same idea of being steadfast, the same thought. But this carries a more intense immovability. He's saying be steadfast and immovable. Be firm, be motionless, be unmoved. That is his, what he's saying here. No chance of us being moved away from the will of God, but instead walking in the will of God in accordance to the will of God. Instead of, of being tossed to and fro, instead of being lured away from the different schemes of the devil, instead of being knocked over by a sudden gust of wind. A number of years ago when the kids were younger, we were proud uh, trampoline owners. And when the winds came up, I was always nervous that it was going to be wrapped around the garage. I've been amazed these last couple of weeks where I was like, huh, I didn't know that farmer had a trampoline in the middle of his field. That's so cool. I wonder how they chop corn around that. <laughs> Out in the middle of nowhere, there's a trampoline. A gust of wind caught it. 
and they fly like miraculous things when that happens. Paul is saying, don't be that way. Be immovable. Don't be taken to and fro from every gust of wind. But instead, have a solid root system. Instead, have a solid structure. When that windstorm came through, it was amazing as you drive down the road, there's wood shavings all over the road. Trees blowing down and people having to come and clean those up. And you look and you can see the hollow trunk. You can see the, the root system that wasn't very deep. But then you look at some of those trees and you know they just stood the, they stood the wind. Because they had a solid root system. Because they had a solid structure. And this is what Paul is sharing here. This is what Paul is encouraging them to do. Is to be immovable. Be steadfast. That's where they need to be. And as we think about this, this needs to be this needs to be us. This is very applicable for us. Uh, you can turn on the radio or you can uh, open up the internet. And there is so much false teaching that's out there. Uh, many are saying that, that we as followers of Christ, we need to compromise. We need not be so narrow-minded. The teachings of the Bible, they're outdated. Times are changing. You need to change with the times. That's what people are saying. And as a result of that, many people are being led astray. The church today is being led astray. They're not steadfast and immovable. They're being easily persuaded. They're being easily deceived. But as followers of Christ, we should be steadfast and immovable. That should be us. And as we look at 2022, I think it's going to be more and more we're going to be challenged in this. More and more it's going to be tough for us to remain steadfast and immovable. And I think there's a, a perfect blueprint for us because we see doctrine being laid out and laid on heavy. And then he says, be steadfast and immovable. What's going to keep us steadfast and immovable? The Word of God. Knowing the truth of what the Word of God shares with us. And no matter what comes down the pike, we're going to have to look and say, okay, am I going to remain steadfast on what the Word of God says? Am I going to re remain immovable on what the Word of God says? And there's going to be temptations for us not to remain steadfast, for us not to remain immovable. But we need to remain steadfast and immovable. We must be standing on the Word of God. That's what we should be, steadfast and immovable. If we are steadfast and immovable, then the next question is, uh, the next thing that we see is what we should do. If we're steadfast and immovable, this is what we should do. Notice what he says there, always abounding. Always abounding in what? You think about always abounding, always is at all times. Abounding means to be overflowing. Always overflowing is, is the thought here. What are we to always be overflowing in? Always abounding in the work of the Lord. With us being settled, with doubts and uncertainties being removed, if we are steadfast and immovable, this is the next step. This is the next thing that we should do, is stepping out in service. 
if we are uh, if we are abounding, if we're steadfast and immovable, we need to be abounding in the work of the Lord. And it is time for us to get going. It is time for us to do the work. The work is not our work, is it? The work is the work of the Lord. This is Ephesians 2, verse 10. It says this, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's the work of the Lord. The work that the Lord has prepared us for. If the work of the Lord is the Lord's, then the Lord is the one who deserves the glory, isn't it? This is Psalm 115, verse 1. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. You know, all the more that we see the day approaching, as we look around and say, yes, you know what? It's, it's a time that we need to be steadfast and immovable. That's a reminder that we always need to be about the work of the Lord. It seems that so many Christian circles, people are concerned about burnout. What if I burn out? I don't want to burn out. I, I want to retire. This is Paul's thought on burnout. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 23. He says this. Are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I'm talking like a madman with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings and often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes, less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers. In toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, and apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Paul was not concerned about burnout. Paul was not concerned about any of these dangers that might knock on his door. Paul still went out busy about the work of the Lord. He was steadfast and he was immovable. They came and they tried to kill him because of his faith in Christ. He was steadfast and he was immovable and he was always abounding in the work of the Lord. Regardless, regardless. Notice what it says here. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. This word here for knowing, there are a couple of words in the Greek language that are translated knowing, to know. One of those words that's translated carries the idea of obtaining by experience, obtaining 
by studying, obtaining by, by working for it. That's not the word he uses here. The word that he uses here is a word that means it's intuitive knowledge. It's knowledge that's intuitive. It's, it's knowledge that is common sense. It's knowledge that is instinct to us. We just know that this is true. And this is what he says. This instinct, this knowledge that we have, this intuitive knowledge is that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. He says, this is a no-brainer. We all know this, that your work in the Lord is not in vain. It makes sense. That's, everyone should know this. I mean, isn't that where we are sometimes? We look around and we see people and we just like, there's no common sense. I remember one time my grandpa and I were putting together a barbed wire fence and I'm getting ready to cut the barbed wire off the spool and there's a tag that's on there. And the tag says, beware, this wire is tied on here and coiled on and when you cut it, it could spring loose. <laughs> Duh. I mean, that's why they put the wire around the wire to hold it in place. Of course it's going to come off. And I asked my grandpa, I'm like, what is this? And my grandpa said, grandson, it's what the world's coming to. Sometimes there's no common sense. And that was way back when we just had microwaves. <laughs> but he says, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. Labor for the sake of the Lord is not an exercise in futility. Exercise, it's not an exercise in futility. Labor that is in the Lord is an exercise of fruitfulness. It is labor with results that will last for eternity. Now, the labor is not easy. The labor is difficult. And he speaks about that, all of the dangers that are there. We don't always see the fruit of our labor. We don't always see the fruit of our labor. Sometimes it's hard to recognize. There are times when we're in the labor that we're ready to give up, that we're not making a difference. But our work in the Lord is never in vain. I remember Dorothy and I were talking to my uncle and we told him that we kind of felt like the Lord may be leading us into ministry and he's a pastor we were hoping he would talk us out of it but he said to me and it's something that I've thought about often he says when you're a Schwann's man and you bring in your money at the end of the day and you add up all of the money that's on your table you can tell at the end of the night how good your day was and if you had a $2,000 day and you average 10% commission, that's, that's $200 that day that you've earned. And you can see that and you know that's going to be in your paycheck at the end of the week. So you see that and it's visible for you. But in ministry, you don't see it like that. In ministry, you don't observe the fruit instantaneous. Sometimes we don't see the fruit. But we have to remind ourselves that the fruit, that the, that the labor is not in vain. 
The labor is not in vain. If the resurrection is not real, then everything is in vain. But because of the truth of the resurrection, then our work in the Lord is not in vain. This is 1 Corinthians 15, 14. It says, if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. But the resurrection happened. The resurrection is real. Christ was raised. So our work in the Lord is not in vain because the tomb is still empty. Our labor is not in vain because God is not going to overlook the work that we've done. Sometimes when we do things, we kind of have to draw attention to them, don't we? Hey, you notice that all the light bulbs are working? <laughs> you didn't say anything, so I thought maybe you didn't notice that I brought the ladder in and I changed a couple light bulbs. I did that. And so then everybody applauses, right? Ooh, yeah, light bulb. Ah, that's where we are. God is never going to overlook the work we do for him. He's never going to miss it. This is Hebrews 6.10. For God is not unjust, so as to overlook your work and the love that you've shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. It's not going to be overlooked. God is going to see it. The fact that work for the Lord is going to be done, is going to be noticed, is great. But you know what? The work that we do for the Lord is also going to be rewarded. There's going to be a reward for it. Paul shared this with the people of Corinth in chapter 3. He who plants and he who waters are one. Each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation. Someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on that foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest. For the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. So as we do this work, we're going to be rewarded. It doesn't get any better than that. Paul stressed this to the church of Colossae. He says, whatever you do, Work heartily as for the Lord, not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. That's what Paul has shared with the people of Colossae. So as we think about this, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. I think there's one conclusion we can come up with. Doing the work of the Lord is worth it. Doing the work of the Lord is worth it. We will be rewarded. And it is work that will last. The fruit, the benefits of the work will last. It is worthy of our efforts. And maybe as we come at the end of 2021, 
Maybe we have become weary in our work. Maybe we have become weary in our labor. But there's a reminder here that we must continue to press on. Don't lose sight of the finish line. Don't lose sight of the reward. Continue to press on. I heard a story about a group of climbers that climbed Mount Everest. And as they climbed Mount Everest, as they began, they could see the peak. And they were just so excited. They were just chugging towards the peak of Mount Everest. Uh, Mount Everest is a little higher than Medina. Uh, it's not in Michigan, so sometimes they have sunny days. So they're climbing towards the peak. And as they, they get going, the clouds begin to set in. And they're excited, they're encouraged, but as the clouds begin to set in, they kind of become discouraged because they couldn't see the finish line. And as the clouds came in, as the storm came in, they become discouraged, they become tired, they become cold, they become exhausted. And they decided to turn around and go back. And they were a thousand feet from the peak. They were almost there. But they lost sight of the finish line. In our journey, we need to be busy doing the work of the Lord, keeping our eye on the finish line, because there will be rewards. Nothing will go unnoticed. Sometimes at the end of the year, we kind of get wore down, we kind of get overwhelmed with things. Uh, the sun never comes up. But, We've got to keep our eye on the finish line. This year, as we persevere through this year, keep our eye on the finish line. So there you have it. What we should be and what we should do. As we think about this theme, I think the question is pretty obvious of what we need to do. What we should be we need to be steadfast and immovable. Not swayed, not easily swayed. How is that possible? Sound doctrine. The better grasp we have of the Word of God, the more steadfast and immovable we will be. We need to be men and women of the Word of God. And I want to challenge you, and I want to double-dog dare you to think about it. Read the Bible through in 2022. You can use this program, and if you want to read Genesis through Revelation, you can use this program and do it. But you know, you can also use this and only read through the New Testament. Only read through the New Testament in a year. Maybe that's something you've never done before. Maybe, it's, maybe, it's, maybe the New Testament would be a good goal for you. Read through the New Testament in a year. You will be blessed. You will be blessed. And you know what? It just takes a little time. It just takes a little discipline, and you can truck through it. 22 years ago, I read through the Bible for the first time, cover to cover. Actually, I did it one time when I was in Bible school, but I, I started doing it probably 22, 23 years ago. And, you know, each year when I finish, it is, it is an exciting thing. It is an exciting thing. I myself use a five-day program as well, uh, taking weekends off. Read through it. Sometimes, sometimes you need that extra day to finish up. But set yourself a goal. Maybe you, maybe, maybe you want to set a different goal. But I want to challenge you in this year, 2022, 
Just be a man or a woman of the Word of God. Increase your word intake. Increase your word intake. Sometimes, sometimes we think about uh, God's Word, and you know, sometimes we just don't have time for it. Sometimes we're we're just too busy. Sometimes there's just too many things going on. But you know what? We're not going to be steadfast and immovable if we're not drinking in the Word of God. If we're not sitting under sound teaching that's, that's feeding us and that's helping us grow, we're not going to be steadfast and immovable. We're not going to be. So we need to be steadfast and immovable. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what, it, what you sit under. Make sure that you are sitting under the Word of God and it's being taught. We also need to make sure, as we think about being steadfast and immovable, we need to be always abounding in the work of the Lord. We don't know how much time we've got. But you know what? I'm, I'm hoping to stand before God and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And I'm not going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant if I'm not abounding in the work of the Lord. I need to be abounding in the work of the Lord. And so that's our challenge this, this year. That's, our, that's where we want to be in 2022. As we look back on it, like we're looking on, back on 2021. Want to be steadfast and movable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord because we know that the work of the Lord is not done in vain.